Hey guys, welcome back to the seventh episode of Mixed Chat. Thank you all for tuning in. Sorry for being MIA for so long. I've just been really caught up with CIEs and work the last month and a half. It's just been crazy intense. But today's episode, opposing opinions, is going to be a little different than usual. Because the person I interviewed wanted to remain anonymous, I decided to transcribe the episode so you all could still hear it. In the interview, we each talked about our polar opposite viewpoints on the complexities of people, particularly related to love. I would like to say that this conversation may be uncomfortable to certain viewers, but this episode is a means of facilitating open discourse. So even though you might be slightly comfortable, the end impact will be helpful. So to start off this episode, I'd like to begin with a simple question. Why do you think conversations like these of two people with opposite viewpoints are important? Well, first of all, I'd like to say you know, thank you for inviting me. Um, you see, to me, I think that these conversations are very important, as you just said. You know, they're, they're essential. And the reason why that is, is because there's such a divide now between people, especially people of our age, because no one is willing to talk openly about their opinions, especially when it comes to subjects like love. You know, especially with this cancel culture that's going on these days, there's such a fear that has been instilled in people due to being canceled that open discourse is pretty much non-existent. And as a result of this non-existent open discourse, we have huge gaps in our thought process because these days no one is ever on the same page. So I definitely do agree that cancel culture, which by the way, guys, is an upcoming episode, has pretty much inhibited us from having open conversations. I personally don't agree with cancel culture because I just think that now people use it as a tool to end a conversation. No one, they don't want anyone to talk about their opinions because they know they'll just cancel them if they don't like what they're hearing. So to me, it's not always about reaching the same conclusion, but almost just getting it out there in the first place. But I'd like to focus on the fact that you specifically mentioned that there are divides between our generation. Could you elaborate on what you meant? Well, yeah, I was talking about how we have massive gaps and the reason why we do have this gap or divide, it's the reason is largely political, you know, and you see that you have your dominant, very, very dominant liberals. And then you have those sides of people who are considered to be more conservative people like me you know i have lived my life based on the values i have learned from my parents from the people who i've surround you know who surrounded me and honestly why is that such a wrong thing you know if i have lived my life based on my religious interpretation why is it that my opinion should be any less valid than yours or my interpretation any less valid than yours no, people have literally shamed me for the way that I view love or the way that I view a lot of different topics. And naturally, I do believe it does belong love in, in this uh, specific topic that I'm talking about. It does belong with a man and a woman. You know, those two genders are meant to be together. See, over there is where I would disagree. Because to me, love is love and it should extend to whoever you want it to as long as it's consensual, obviously. So having limits on that seems almost unfair and cruel to so many. But you focused on the fact that there were two genders and between these two genders, that's where love should exist. Now, 
as a side note, gender is something that has been deconstructed as a social construct, not necessarily one that has existed forever and ever. Do you genuinely believe that there is some sort of binary when it comes to gender? Well, of course. I do believe there is a binary, and that's literally how we were made. You know, obviously, there are exceptions uh, on a biological level, but those exceptions are far and few between. Everyone else who is biologically inside this binary should stick to it. If naturally we are made a certain way, which we are, why should we act any differently to it? You know, it has kept the world working for so many generations and it keeps the world working today. So why do we need any reason to change it? And do you think this extends to at least the way we were talking about love? You know, for example, people, men have loved men, women have loved women, or people haven't necessarily fit into the norm of love for generations. That has existed for millennia, which has been proven. So do you think working in that logic people should still stick to loving whoever they want to love or we should continue to fall into those norms? Mm, Well, I do think that is an interesting question, honestly, Uh, because you have both sides, right? Obviously, you, you have people who, you know, should be free to make their own decisions. But then you have the other side where you need to think about to what extent should we enable people to make their own decisions? You know, and honestly, that brings us to another question, uh, a much bigger question, is that who gets to make the rules? Who gets to make these boundaries? And why is it that their boundaries and their rules and their version of the story is right? I I mean, yeah, I do agree. But, you know, like to bring us back to that same conversation, we could talk about the who makes the rules for a long time. But if you think that you know, two people should not be together. If you think that we should stick to what is considered traditional in our society, particularly in South Asian society, what happens to the thriving and amazing community out there of people who don't conform to the quote-unquote status quo? Well, before we actually hit that, I think it's important to first address the role of social media. Okay, because these days, social media has a huge impact on things such as these, especially when we're talking about these quote on, you know, these quote on quote, uh, norm and abnormal communities. You know, the media, for those communities who don't fit in the norm, social media almost glamorizes them not fitting. You know, it's become trendy these days, but these norms, they've existed and they still exist for a reason today. They exist for stability. It stabilizes us. You know, sometimes I think that people think that it's cool to be different. And these days, there seems to be no limits on what we consider progressive and old-fashioned. And social media has played a crucial role in driving this schism, pulling people away from demonized norms, like norms which I fall into. And change, in these cases, it's not always essential. Change is great. You know, technological change is great. Uh, A a lot of different types of changes are great. But we've also seen that it's not essential in a lot of aspects. And in this aspect, I honestly believe that it's it's not required. So if you, like, to take us back to the previous question, before social media, you said that change is not necessarily essential. 
But then when we do see that around the world that there are these communities that have existed for decades, it's not some new phenomenon that social media has brought about. It's something that has existed far before you and I have been alive, like less than 18 years, you know. Mm. These communities have existed for generations before us and they have thrived in their own ways and they have survived all the hardships that society has put them through. So if you think that these people should not be together, what happens to that community? You know, what do we do with these groups of people that genuinely do not conform to this no or do not conform to what society tells them to? And I don't necessarily believe that they're doing something wrong, but if you do, then what happens to them? What happens to those communities and what happens to those people? Look, I can say whatever I want, these communities will still exist. What I am seeing these days is how obnoxious these communities have started to become. You know, you're right. These communities have existed. They will continue to exist for for many, many years after this podcast. But in the end, if you are going to reach a point where your level of obnoxiousness and, you know, your you're almost trying to fight against what society has been building for so long. Something that I believe has had a positive impact. Our society today has had a positive impact uh, on love and making sure that there is stability in place and making sure that everyone has a bright future ahead of them. This is almost attacking this wall, this structure that we have built to ensure that people are safe. And what role do you think religion has played in building that structure that has kept us so safe? Well, organized religion was made to keep us safe. If we did not have organized religion, uh, when when it had come about, you know, many thousands of years ago, for, you know, specifically right now, I'm going to talk about Islam over here. You know, Islam has had come into a time in people's lives where there was chaos. And religion keeps us organized. It keeps us following a good linear path, which has really, really helped us progress in ways society had never progressed in many, many years. So I do believe that religion in this aspect and in many different aspects has been so essential in, in a very positive manner into making sure that we all live lives that will help benefit us instead of do harm to us. Okay, so I do see where you're coming from. I mean, in the sense that the need for stability, but I guess fundamentally for me, I think that change is good. Change like this, where we focus on giving or empowering communities who have been previously oppressed is only going to benefit our society because they have not really harmed it in any way. And in fact, the norms that we are breaking down might do more benefit than it would do harm to us. In fact, open-mindedness will benefit us more. Uh, and you know how you said that the fact that you sometimes think that people think it's cool to be different. To me, I, I completely disagree with that because all of these people out there who are brave enough to stand up to the status quo, like that isn't cool, that's hard. It takes effort. It takes determination and they go through so much pain. So it's not, to me, it's not something that the media necessarily glamorizes. And even if they do, it's not such a bad thing after everything that are 
all the suffering that these people have had to to go through to get to the position that most people are in in a country where they are the minority and i think around the world they are considered to be a, mon- a minority but i think that in general we have covered everything that both of us wanted to touch upon in this conversation yeah so thank you so much for the interview i think although we did disagree it was a form of discourse that most people don't often get to have so in a such a civilized manner oh no no definitely 100% uh, agreed with you there and you know i appreciate you talking to me and you know listening to what i have to say before you know completely leaving me out of the conversation so uh thank you for coming thank you to everyone who is listening uh, if anyone is still listening after a month and a half um this was a great episode to film and yeah stay tuned for the next one guys